Hello everybody, it's great to have my friend Maggie Killick with me this afternoon to have a conversation with her. Um, Maggie is a personal stylist and she is the queen of personal styling as far as I'm concerned. Um, she does all sorts of things, I'm going to let her describe what she does, but I think it's good to point out that Vogue have described Maggie as a highly recommended style consultant who treats clients as individuals and I know that that's the case from the number of people that um, she has had referred to and the recommendations um, she has from all sorts of um, places. So it's great to talk to someone about something a bit different, not just the law. So perhaps Maggie, to start off with, it would be helpful if you could just tell me how you made the transition from working in the legal profession to the world of style and fashion. Thank you, Suzanne. Um, yes, it was an interesting one because I've always loved style and clothing and fashion, but I never assumed I could make a career from it in the early days. So I went down the traditional route of working in the corporate world. And it was whilst I was at a law firm, I was in the training and development department. And one of the courses I used to run was presentation skills. So I used to rehearse lawyers when they were doing pitches or doing presentations to groups of people. And as I always think with lawyers, very, very articulate people, um, very articulate, very knowledgeable in what they did. But as I was rehearsing them, I often noticed that they could look a lot better in terms of their image. So just in terms of their body language and how they presented themselves. So once I started rehearsing them, I would often sort of mention things to them, give them some tips and hints. And it seemed to go down very well. And I used to get lots of um, good feedback from it. And I loved doing it. I loved seeing the change, like the confidence shift in terms of how they looked. So um, I did that for quite a few years, actually, stayed with training and development. I became a manager and then I sort of shifted more over to the managerial side. So I did less and less um, training delivery. Um, so I took the plunge and decided I would um, leave that job and go and train to be an image consultant. So I had a proper qualification for it as opposed to just knowing I was quite good at it. <laughs> so I trained to be an image consultant and then I came back to the corporate world and introduced image workshops. So how to present yourself, what looking good could do for you, how it could help you, why we get it wrong, how to get it right. And um, they went down very, very well. And from those workshops, I then managed to get individual clients on board and that's really how my business grew. Sounds amazing and the role of a stylist sounds impossibly glamorous. I'm sure we'd all like to have that job although I'm sure I wouldn't be very good at it. Can you give us an idea of what your day-to-day -day work involves? What do you do? Yeah, yeah it's true. Most people assume I swan around at fashion shows and London Fashion Week drinking champagne but um, every day is different Suzanne and it's part of the reason I love it so one day I might be um, 
pre-shopping for a client. So if somebody is doing a personal shop, I will go to shops beforehand. I will look at outfits I think would work for them. So I could spend a day pre-shopping so that when a client comes shopping with me, we literally go straight to the changing rooms. I could be at a client's house doing a wardrobe consultation. So rummaging around in their wardrobe, figuring out what works for them, what doesn't, um, putting together outfits that they may not have thought, thought of through their own wardrobe. Equally, I could be at a corporate organization putting together a workshop on image and branding. Um, and then I can just be at my desk doing writing articles or writing a weekly blog, which I do. So it is all very different. Um, and yes, and I also go to fashion shows and catwalk shows as well. So it's a bit of a mix. Fantastic. And do you have a typical sort of client? Oh, my clients are, okay, so I work with um, male and female. The age varies from, I would say, a 28-year-old to currently in my books is a 78-year-old. So age is very varied. Um, they are all people who want different things from clothing. So some may just need a bit more confidence. They just want to up their game slightly in terms of how they look. Other people are really struggling. They feel a bit lost. So they feel like they've lost their style. They, um, they don't really know what suits them anymore. They don't know what shops they should be shopping in anymore. Um, but what they all have in common is I would say they are all smart, funny. They're all interesting and they're interested in others. And they love clothes, but they're not self-obsessed. They know what clothing can do for them and how it can help them. They want to look good, um, but they want it to be simplified. And that is, that is what I do. I sort of take the pain out of looking good and make it easier for them. And so do you have a sort of process that you go through with clients? If anybody was thinking, well, I'd love to go and have a chat with Maggie, how would it all start? So it all starts with, a coffee and a conversation. Um, I know lots of stylists work on the premise that you can just email them and then they do it all online. But um, really, I think it's about meeting somebody so that they can see they can see me as well because you know I'm perfectly realistic. In fact, I might not be the right stylist for them. So we need to have a conversation and we need to find out exactly what someone is looking for because it's not always a new wardrobe of clothing. It might be they just need some advice on where to go, or they might need some help on understanding what suits them. Or it might be that they are going for a new career role and they want to know how to prep for that pitch or that interview. You know, it can be lots of different things, but it all begins with a conversation, a coffee, I find out about them, I find out about their lifestyle, um, what they love about their bodies, what they find quite negative about themselves, um, their pet hates, you know, 
all of those things. And I think we get to a stage then where we really understand each other and then I can go away with an ability to help them really. Sounds brilliant. What's your biggest achievement to date with your business? I would say, Suzanne, and you were there at the time, it would be launching my clothing line. Mm -hmm. So it was back in 2014. Um, and it was a dream come true for me because I never thought I would be able to do it. And lots of people told me not to do it. <laughs> they said it would never work because it's me and I'm on my own and it's a big thing to take on. But, um, but I did it and it was all based on coming up with um, the backbone of someone's wardrobe for a woman. So the seven key pieces a woman would need in order to make her wardrobe work for her, dressed up or dressed down. And seeing that come to life was incredible for me. I mean, looking at the launch with 100 people there, with the lights of, you know, you, Suzanne, who's a friend as well as a colleague, um, family, clients, everybody there being supportive and fabulous and seeing my creations come down a catwalk is something that I, I will always remember and always be grateful for. Yeah, a day to cherish, I think, in the memory and just look back and think, wow, I did it. Yes. And every time I put on my jacket and I see the label, Maggie Killick, Made in England, honestly, it just fills my soul. It's such a lovely feeling. Mm. So, um, yes, I mean, it was hard and it was challenging, um, but, it, but it worked and I was delighted. Maggie, one of the things we're really keen on in Women in Family Law is to ensure that we mentor people through their professional lives. And I just wondered, for you, who's helped open doors for you? What opportunities have you had? So going back to initially being in a law firm, um, there was a woman, she was head of um, legal development, legal and training development, and her name was Helena Twist. And I came into that firm as quite a shy 20-something-year-old, and she obviously saw something in me when I started working with her. And she, she said, you should do training. You should train to be a presenter. And I was quite dubious because I thought it's not something I've ever thought of doing. So I think the fact that she saw something in me, I ended up going to university part time while I worked with her. And she gave me the confidence to give it a go. And I think without her, I'm not sure I'd be where I am now. And then other people who've opened doors for me are, without embarrassing you, Suzanne, actually people exactly like you. Um, people who took the chance on me when I went back as a freelance trainer, running my image consultancy session and workshop, you you took a chance it worked and you went on to promote me where you could and um and other people have done the same it is incredible how much help and support and love you can get from people and i am constantly grateful for that because i absolutely know i wouldn't be here with a style business without those people 
Well, great to hear. Now we're going to change tack a bit because as everyone knows, we're still in lockdown, sort of lockdown light. And I just wondered how it affected your business, what the challenges have been. And I suppose broadening out into another question, do you think that um, this will change how we shop? I mean, people are talking about this on the radio every day and I'd love to hear your view. Yeah, um, it has been a challenge, Suzanne, because I am all about, or the business is all about interacting with people. And, you know, I can't go shopping in shops with people. I can't go to their homes and do wardrobe consultations or image workshops with huge, with big groups of people. So that has impacted. And what I've tried to do is create online versions of those things but i am well aware that they're not ideal so i have done style events on zoom i have sent clients mood boards of outfits um but it but it's not the same as face to face mm -hmm. and i i appreciate that um in terms of how we shop now I think what's going to happen is, and what is happening already, uh, people are being more considered about the pieces they buy. So I think we're all, we've all realised that we have too much stuff. We have, you know, when I go to people's wardrobes, even sometimes when I look in my own, there is a lot of stuff in there and you don't wear it. Um, you don't need it. So I think people will buy less, but buy better quality and pieces that will work for them and they'll cherish them and they'll enjoy them um, rather than doing the quick fixes and just rushing out to the stores and buying things. Yes, I think like many people, I've had a sort of married condo of my wardrobe whilst I've been in lockdown. And now I'm on the sort of difficult position of not having replaced anything. So I think for the first time in my life, I've really, really reduced down what I have. And so I need to go shopping. Um, as a stylist, do you ever have that I've got nothing to wear moment? God, yes. Everyone assumes a stylist wakes up every day and feels fantastic about what they wear. But yes, I do. Um, I have had that situation where I've worn something the week before and I thought, gosh, that looks good. That looks great. Feeling good in that. And then I put it on the following week and I look in the mirror and think, actually, I'm not loving this at all. I don't, I don't look good in it. I don't feel good in it. And I always say to anybody, um, that's the moment people panic and think, oh my God, I need to buy something new or I need to get something new. And I would say it's the one time don't buy anything because how you're feeling is a mindset. It's nothing to do with the clothing. It looked as good last week as it did this week. It's just your mindset isn't in the right place. So I always say in those situations, put on your simplest outfit that you love. So it can be plain as anything and then concentrate on something else. So maybe concentrate a bit more on how you do your hair or put on some great lipstick or wear your favorite piece of jewelry, but do something else as opposed to focusing on the clothes. Um, and that will work for you time and time again. Great top tip. Talking of tips, what tips would you give to someone who struggles to find their style? 
Right. Um, I would say there are three things I tell people to do. Um, if they, most clients say to me things like, oh, I just don't have a style. I, I don't know what I like. You do know, it's just you need to be reminded of it. And one of the things I tell people to do is um, to go through books, magazines, and flick through and tear out things that resonate with you. Now, they don't have to be outfits, although they can be, but it could be that it's a colour combination you see in an advertisement, or it could be a fabric on a cushion. It could be a piece of clothing. It could be anything, but tear them out anyway, and don't think too hard about it. And that will start to piece together a style for you. Then I would say, look at style icons. I don't know if you've got one, Suzanne, but... Well, I um, think I'm, uh, Audrey Hepburn would probably be my style icon, but I appreciate that I haven't quite got the right figure or look, but I think she was just so, had such grace and exuded such sort of confidence and style. Absolutely. She just looked effortless, didn't she? Yes. Fabulous. Um, yes, but it's really interesting because you like her style and yet you say, I don't look anything like Audrey Hepburn. Um, and that is where people um, struggle because they think they have to look like the person in order to wear the clothing. But what you're looking for is what is it about that style icon that makes you like, like the clothing? So is it that it's all very simple and um, quite minimalist? Or is it that the person you like wears things that are quite eclectic and they wear really bold clothing? Or is it someone that wears quite pretty, soft clothing? And that will again help you find what you love because unless you love it, you will never look good in it. So that would be my second tip. And then the third one is actually get to know your your body your proportions what feels good on you what do you enjoy wearing what what is that favorite piece that you have in your wardrobe and try and dissect why you love it you know how that was and you know because style is it can be learned i don't think it's just instinctive but it does say take some time to give it some thoughts in how to make it right for you so they would be my tips i love it amazing three top tips i'll try and remember them um what's the biggest misconception people have when it comes to style ah uh, i would say it's that i don't have the right figure i i don't look good in clothing maggie um it's all right for people with long legs but i've got short legs or i've got this i've got that um so people being incredibly hard on themselves um, and I always say to people, honestly, clothes create illusions. Clothes mm. can make you look taller, smaller, wider, broader. You know, you don't need to have the perfect figure. Let the clothing create that for you. And I don't know about you, Suzanne, but do, do, do you know about all the different... You, I think people get bombarded by, are you an apple shape? Are you a pear shape? Yeah. Are, that shape and 
yes, there are some general guidelines, but people make it too complicated. Um, you could be, if you're pear-shaped, you generally are, you carry more weight on your lower half, you tend to have shorter legs and broader shoulders, but you could be someone with six foot legs and you're pear-shaped. It, it really is just, it's a diversion from, from creating your style. So it is really all about creating balance and proportion in terms of what you are wearing. So stand in front of a mirror and look at your body and look at it in its entirety. Because the other thing we're all very bad at is looking in the mirror and honing in on, oh my gosh, I hate my arms or oh my gosh, I hate my knees or stomach or whatever it is. Nobody looks at you like that. No one zooms in to an area. People look at you as a whole person. And that is really how you should be looking at yourself. So if you can do that and try and focus on your proportion, balancing your top half and your bottom half in the clothing that you wear, you will create symmetry. You will create an hourglass shape, which will automatically make you look better in the clothes that you wear. So. Sounds good. And finally, what's the one piece of clothing that's your go-to piece that gives you confidence? Uh, mine is, and you will know this, Suzanne, probably, um, because you see me in it so often, but it's a white shirt. I, I love it. My first white shirt I bought, I think I was aged 14. It was a man's white shirt from Marks and Spencers with big cuffs. And um, I just loved what it did for me. I loved the confidence it gave me. And I know if I can put on that shirt, I will feel good. And I think that is something every woman should try to find. Do you have one, Suzanne? Gosh, I just don't, I think probably um, sort of fabulous and quirky leggings. Yes, yeah, you are renowned for that though, I think. Yeah, so I think that would be my go-to. If I ever feel a bit sort of down in the dumps, that, that's what I would reach for in my wardrobe, I think. Yeah. I think you're going to say red lipstick, actually, Maggie. <laughs> that is the other thing. Um, that is the other thing I wear constantly is red lipstick. But I know red lipstick isn't for everyone. But it, it's really important to have those little things that can just perk you up and make you feel good, particularly you know, in the time that we're in. Absolutely. Well, it's been great talking to you, Maggie Killick. And I'm um, just sort of looking at the various things that you can do. I mean, you offer um, bespoke style and image workshops and, and often for professional services firms. I know that you've helped various lawyers and accountants as well as one-to-one -one style um, and image coaching and wardrobe consultations. So there's a lot on offer there. And you've already given very generously of your time and given us lots of top tips and food for thought. So thanks very much for coming to speak to me today and for um, allowing this podcast to happen so that other people in women in family law can learn all about um, how to shop with confidence and, you know, to come and see you if they need any help. So thanks so much, Maggie. It's been great talking to you. It's an absolute pleasure, Suzanne. It's a joy to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.